building better relationships at home and at work for people who have more than enough on their plate. Two coaches dangling the possibility of finding joy in your relationships. Do you dare to consider life can be better? Have a listen and tell us why. Welcome to Building Better Relationships at Home and at Work with Angela and Patty. In this episode, we will be sharing examples that stop relationships from being effortless and recommend changing those habits to become effortless, whether in the workplace or in your home life. Yeah, this idea of effortlessness, I used to explore in dance. And Patty, when I was dancing with a group in the early 2000s, we used to explore movement that was effortless. And we always knew when things just flowed in the dance and we would be amazed how everything would just flow. And then we were also conversely very conscious when things didn't flow. It was kind of obvious actually. And we found often when things were effortless in the movement that we couldn't actually repeat that effortlessness and what we discovered stopped us or blocked us from repeating effortlessness was when we started to think about the movement instead of feeling the movement so we started to really question what was that thinking that made us drop out of being connected to the body And because of that, we actually started asking what were those habits of thinking as humans that we have innately through our conditioning? What are those thinking habits that make us drop out of going with the flow of movement? And what we discovered was these particular habits of being and thinking that actually interrupt our heart those habits of thinking and being actually force the heart to be something it's not because you think you should be a certain way. They're quite incredible, those habits of thinking. And we could see actual changes in our eyes, changes in our body, in a physical way of being. It was quite incredible. So I can imagine in the workplace, (laughs) which is quite different to the dance floor, I can imagine in the workplace that you're often asked to be something that's not in alignment with your heart because the workplace is a completely different environment. However, in the workplace, there's got to be a way of working in flow with your heart to make relationships better. I'm praying there is anyway, (laughs) Uh, in spite of what's happening in the work environment, what could be better ways of working with your heart? And often the workplace is detrimental to our hearts. So Patty, can you share with us what could be some better ways to get in alignment with our hearts in an environment like the workplace? Becoming aware of unprofessional behaviors that cause havoc instead of ease is the first step of building better relationships within the home or the workplace. In the workplace, I have observed unprofessional behaviors 
and what damage they can do to any workplace relationship or team dynamic. Misbehavior in the workplace does happen and it can cause damage to career opportunities as well. What are some of these habits? I'm gonna share some. Tardiness, arriving to work and meetings late or taking too long of breaks or lunches. Gossiping, complaining, lack of enthusiasm, not being motivated or just being unproductive, not doing your job. Here are some examples. Maybe you're surfing the internet or social media, purchasing stuff on, online. Maybe you're playing uh, games online or gambling or abusing your personal cell phone by texting or taking personal calls instead of working. Another one is resisting change. That's a big one and right now we're facing that in today's world. Interrupting people while talking or over talking them. This is something that happens quite a bit, especially if you're a leader. Um, being disrespectful, demanding, or just plain rude, putting people down or, or talking down to them. Some people will isolate themselves and not be a team player. This could happen because of being treated unfairly or people not being encouraging or actually talking down to them. Not carrying your share of the workload. This is a big one. Maybe you're a person that avoids working or pushing your workload onto others. Or maybe you're a great delegator and you're overloading your employees or your coworkers by over-delegating and not, not doing your share of the work. Another one is not following policy and procedures, taking shortcuts which cause errors and produce customer complaints or safety because you're not following those, those um, safety measures. Blaming others instead of taking responsibility for your actions. When removing these actions, it does promote having more effortless relationships. Angela, do you have any tips on making relationships effortless? I'd like to zone in on uh, three of the habits that you brought in on the workplace that are really interfering with effortlessness. And they're mainly um, gossiping and complaining yes. and being rude <laughs> and putting people down. Those are the ones that translate to home environments or personal relationships that are very strong at interfering with that effortlessness part of relationships. And it's really a wasted energy. If you think about our words, when we complain and gossip, instead of using our words for constructive criticism and saying, this does not work for me, which can be useful in the work environment if things don't work for you. You actually have to use your words constructively. 
gossiping and complaining is wasted energy and when you also are rude or put people down instead of talking to people about what's not working for you when you're actually rude and attack people that actually creates negative energy whether it's a home yeah Mm -hmm. and one example in particular in the home environment comes to mind i mean in, in terms of the virus situation we've seen lots of negative environments in the home or in our communities when people go shopping how when people have been negative it creates more anxiety and stress and i actually have an example of someone i know their neighbor was attacking them verbally with letters with threats and even throwing rocks over the fence and that actually forced her to move but she lived in that environment for so long it created more anxiety and much more stress so imagine you're living with a neighbor who's threatening you and some of you may actually have had experienced that you start to become paranoid you don't want to go back home and after a while you're just living in fear so if our neighbors are thinking negatively those thoughts will actually start to impact you directly and that sets up a negative energy in your home environment that's actually a physical energy that starts to affect you so another example is if you've ever walked into a room with your family member in that room and you just sort of go oh no what's going on I don't want to be here those thoughts those negative thoughts that your family member has actually create a physical energy that makes uh, not just the relationship stop being effortless it makes it impossible to feel like you can actually change anything so how do we change this (laughs) how do we change negative energies first we start by being aware of the energy of your thoughts of your words of your actions And what energy are you leaving behind for someone else to walk into? So if you're in your own bedroom, what's the energy you're creating in that bedroom? If you're in the kitchen, what's the energy you're creating in the kitchen? And we can't always be happy or positive. I'm not saying to be um, always positive. Quite the opposite. What I'm saying is I'm talking about being responsible for the energy that you're leaving behind in a space emotionally so one energy tip I can share is if you have been negative in a space what you can do is ask when you go to bed or when you leave that space to release that energy into the earth and in energy healing we describe this energy as psychic energy so you can actually say I want to just release that energy it's that simple it becomes difficult if you think oh that's just hoo-ha and I can't do that so what you notice is that if you don't clear out that energy when you walk back into that space you're going to have to re-experience that energy what we do notice in energy healing is that once we ask to clear out that negative energy positive things and different things can actually enter that space 
otherwise it, ch- it changes the whole dynamics of everything it's it's completely new space yeah if you've ever been to a massage or a massage therapist what do you think they do between the sessions do you think they just leave that energy in there so you can go into the massage bed and feel that funky energy that they've just cleared out from the previous client and now with the virus a massage therapist or a different practitioner, they actually have to physically disinfect the space. They have to wipe things down. It's mm-hmm. the same thing with emotions. We have to just say, I clear out this space. And in the past, you might use sage or all of the other herbal um, remedies or a crystal. But actually, we can use our thoughts to say, I release those negative thoughts and clear this space of any psychic energy. And Patty, you have some other strategies on specific behaviors. Yes. How to break bad work behaviors? Well, first, you want to identify the behavior or action that you're doing. Make a decision to stop. If you mentally say, I'm not going to do this anymore, and replace the habit with something positive give you some examples if you um, if you have the ha- habit of being tardy show up early to work every day if your habit is gossiping walk away when others start have the desire for integrity and commitment to stop bad work habits think about what options you have to replace the bad habit put it into action Start with one habit and conquer it. Then move on to the next and watch your working relationships improve. When you start changing, others will also change around you. You do make a difference. And what are some characteristics of having integrity? Staying true to your word, keeping obligations and promises to others, such as your employer, your staff, your coworkers, your customers. Commit and attend your scheduled appointments and meetings on time. That way people aren't waiting for you. That's definitely a time waster and people don't like that if you're constantly late. Doing the right thing even when no one is watching. Make a mistake, own up to it apologize and don't blame others take responsibility and be accountable for your actions that's where you build trust give credit where credit is due do not associate with people who lack work integrity because that's showing that you um, agree with their behavior lead by being a good example everyone is observing your choices whether they are good or bad Mm, that's really important that to lead by being a good example how can you be a model for behaviors behaviors you would like to see in your life whether it's it's at work or at home or in your community outside your home Um, what I've learnt about effortless relationships is very much from the statement from Einstein 
We can't solve problems by using the same kind of thinking we used when we created them. Isn't that true? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a statement that I think some people have saying that Einstein didn't actually say it, but the words ring true. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't keep doing the same behavior over and over and expect different results. I think he said that too, too. or something like this, similar to that. <laughs> yeah, something similar. So that statement yeah. seems to be even more and more relevant with every year that we start looking at the problems that our world is facing and the problems we experience in our relationships. Our thinking is actually the cause of the problem in many ways. So what I've done to discover effortlessness in in relationships, specifically uh, love relationships, family relationships, spousal relationships, um, relationships with extended family members, I've actually literally changed the nature of my mind. So I don't look at my person, at my partner, for example, through a problem focus. If I look at my partner as a problem, what do you think I'm going to get from that relationship? <laughs> More problems. problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, when you change your mindset, it helps. Uh, if you think lovingly, you you receive love. If yeah. you reflect kindness, you receive kindness. Those, you know, that's where it becomes people and relationships become effortless because you're you're showing that love and compassion and all of those things. And you're looking at that person, not judgmental, but with um, love. Yeah. And we have to do the same thing with ourselves as well. Yeah. If you've noticed negative self-talk, like, oh, I'm stupid. How could I have done that? You're not really going to become smarter by thinking that way. So one tip I've got, if you have negative talk about yourself or problem, seeing your partner as a problem, one thing I did with my partner, which you can actually flip around and do to yourself, is to become curious and actually look at the person as if you don't really know them. I, I look at my partner and I think, I actually don't know what is in his head. And really, I don't know what's in his head. I know it sounds funny, but in all seriousness, when I look at him, I, th I think, what is he? How is he? I actually don't know anything about this person. And I get <laughs> curious with kindness, with a desire to experience him more, not to know him more, because we can't actually know people. And this is this is where I think we... In relationships, we start to think, I really know my partner. No, you don't. You really mm -hmm. don't know them. They're a complete mystery. In fact, the more I get older, the more I realize I actually know nothing about people. And it actually has al allowed me to become really curious and to understand that people change. We can't really know people because once you think you know them, you put them in a box like a picture and you stick that picture on the wall and you punish the person when they don't look like that picture. 
And that's where we start to make them a problem because they're not fitting some picture that we have in our mind. So the first thing to do is take that picture down from the wall and realize that people do change all the time and that they're meant to change. So how can you know that person? How can you know your partner or your child or your parent if if they're always potentially changing? And in this virus situation, we are changing. We're perhaps being more emotional. We're perhaps being more frightened or insecure. So those are those really precious moments you can begin to actually ask questions about your partner. What are they feeling? What What are you experiencing in this situation? How do you feel? And when I started looking at my partner as someone I completely don't know, I naturally wanted to ask questions and that was what I found really um, effortless was when you don't know someone, what do you do? You start asking questions like we did when we were children. What colour do you like? I know it's a really (laughs) banal question, but sometimes asking them simple things like that will begin a conversation that you won't have if you focus on a problem. And two, you really have that one-on-one connection when you're asking those primary questions, but then they lead into deeper, meaningful conversations. Yeah, it's funny when we do coaching. Sometimes in coaching, one strategy, you start with a really boring question like, what's your favorite superhero? It's not boring, but it's a typical coaching question who's your favorite superhero and you think that's a silly question but you start with that question and then people get creative or they share something from their past or childhood or some romantic idea they have and then it leads to this deeper question so I've got one more strategy around complaints And a typical thing in personal relationships is usually with your friends or your loved ones, they can have a complaint, an old story that they go over and over. So if we come from the problem-focused mind, what you might typically say is, why do you always go on and on about that same problem? And we all have a family member that goes on and on. And usually we also do that too, right? (laughs) Especially when we're trying to work out um, something in our mind. Right. When when you're focusing on that, you're asking yourself that same, or you're reliving that same situation. That's how some people try to work it out, I guess. Actually, I think it's what you you referring to, Patty. That's what we all do. Mm-hmm. We bring the problem up again and we speak it out loud because we're stuck. The brain's literally yeah. stuck. Right. So if you've got a family member who's doing that to you or a loved one, friend, um, here's a question you can ask. You can ask them, what makes you bring up that topic or situation, person, whatever they're bringing up. And tell them, I'm trying to understand, what makes you think about this situation that way? 
So that will actually, an open question starts to get them to think about the topic, not just say the same problem over and over. And asking questions to understand people actually helps them to look at what they're talking about instead of going just back into the habit of saying the same thing without thinking about it. So we make things effortless when we, um, when we stop going into our old habits of thinking. Effortlessness starts when we actually think about the habit and when we don't look at it just from one old way of talking about it, but we look at, we talk about it from a different point of view. That's why the open questions about our habits are really powerful to help us shift. Um, so I wanted to just add that there is an example um, when you have a loved one or friend who even though you've asked the questions about it, and this has happened to me with my partner, I've, I've asked the open questions, I've done the listening, I've been really um, open about the, the old story, but they keep on talking about it. They keep on repeating about it. And at that point I've said, please, can we change the topic because we don't seem to be going anywhere with that story or with complaining about the topic. I just call out the behaviour. But I've done it, I've called it out after I've done the open questions. What makes you talk about this? Okay, I've opened up the, the talking and the habit's still persisting. And then I just tell them, look, no, we're not getting anywhere. So let's talk about something else. And that really works because they realise, oh, okay, it's not going anywhere. You don't like this. Let's talk about something else. So this is an, another example of what I was talking about before, about not recycling that negative energy, just calling it out when it's negative and saying, look, we've talked about this, it's not really going anywhere, can we change the topic? And that gives people another way to go with the conversation so they don't keep repeating that same old story. Patty, have you discovered other ways that perhaps you can help people when they're going over old stories or negative stories? Yeah, I think when you just listen and then you ask the right questions to move them forward to a new idea or a new way or to accept it. Sometimes we're going over and over things because we don't understand why it happened and we want some resolution to it. And as we all know, sometimes you don't get the why. Mm -hmm. Just letting it go and thinking of it in a different perspective or journaling about it and getting it all out sometimes releases that energy that's holding you back. Really 
going over and over like a broken record is not good for you. So if you can journal out your feelings and your emotions or being able to talk to somebody about it, maybe a different person that doesn't know the situation can give you a new perspective. Eventually, you need to let that story go so that you can move on. And we've shared other techniques in previous podcasts, but I really feel that journaling and ripping it, shredding it, burning it, and saying whatever you want to say to that piece of paper (laughs) (laughs) and not to the human, (laughs) It, it really helps because you're actually getting out all that emotion all of the hurt or all of the resentment or everything that you need to release. Spending time journaling really does help you release that emotion and maybe even come up with some different perspectives. It may take time. You may have to journal every day about it, but it will get easier and easier as time goes on. Just don't take it out on others. (laughs) take it out on that piece of paper yeah and the journaling helps you become responsible for your own thoughts that's why I think it's so powerful and your feelings and then the action of not hurting other people you're becoming responsible for the way you impact other people from your behaviors Yes. And it and it also, you know, helps you with all of those different emotions. If you need to cry about it, if you need to scream about it, you know, take a car ride, you know, let it all out before you walk in that door and see your loved ones or walk into the office. Don't take it out on your coworkers. Journaling at work is good. I really recommend that. When you're having a bad day, take five to ten minutes out and journal about what's going on and you'll come up with some solutions to your problems by just writing. Writing the hand movements and stuff just does something for you, connecting your brain and and your body. Mm, That's great. Yeah, the feelings. That's getting getting you back to the heart. Mm -hmm. Handwriting. We don't do a lot of it anymore, but it's such a powerful way of just moving energy out of you. Yes. I mean, you can you can bang on the keyboard all you want, and you might break your keyboard. <laughs> when you write, it, it's got a different movement and feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, thanks, Patty. I think we've got some really interesting shares there about changing those negative habits and discovering what blocks effortlessness and how to shift. Yes. Well, thank you, Angela. And um, if you want more relationship tips from Angela and I, join our Facebook group, Building Better Relationships at Home and at Work with Angela and Patty. Please Subscribe and like to follow this podcast. Is there a relationship topic you would like us to discuss on this podcast? 
please email us at bbrat home and work the at sign gmail.com and we will have this in the show notes if you are struggling and need someone to talk to whether it's about your home or your work-life challenges Angela and I are both have one-on-one coaching packages we will put them in the show notes on how to contact us Thank you for listening to Building Better Relationships with Angela and Patty. Send us a message and please like or share the podcast or donate with the Anchor Donate button. We really value your feedback.